Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Caliber Mining Corporation 2021 Third Quarter Financial Earnings Conference Call. At this time, your attendee lines are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, we will have a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised today's conference is being recorded. If you should require any assistance, press star zero. It's now my pleasure to hand the conference over to Vice President, Corporate Development and Investor Relations, Ryan King. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct everyone to the forward-looking statements on slide two. Our remarks and answers to your questions today may contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although management believes that our forward-looking statements are based on fair and reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different from these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to the joint press release dated October 25, 2021, announcing the transaction with Fiore Gold and our 2020 annual MDNA and 2020 AIF available on our website as well as on CDAR. And finally, all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. With me today on the call are Darren Hall, Patrice Salampera, Dustin Van Dorsalaire, Paulo Santos, Tom Gallo, and Mark Peterson. Darren will provide comments on our third quarter, year-to-date results, and our growth strategy, following which the entire senior management team will be happy to take questions. The slide deck we will be referencing is available on our website at calibermining.com under the events section. You can also click on the webcast to join the live presentation. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Darren. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, turning to slide three. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for taking the time to join us on our third quarter earnings call. Uh, but before providing an update on activities, I would like to take a moment to thank all of our employees and business partners for their continued efforts, which resulted in another solid quarter, and to all of our stakeholders for their continued support. Since acquiring our Nicaraguan assets just two brief years ago, I'm extremely proud of what the team have accomplished. We have grown production and consistently delivered on our commitments quarter over quarter. We have reinvested into near mine exploration and mine development, which has increased confidence, expanded resources, doubled reserves net of depletion, and grown production. We have realized significant value from the implementation of our hub and spoke operating strategy, which has allowed us to utilize a portion of the 2.2 million ton per annum installed processing capacity at Libertad. It is important to note that when we purchased the assets, Libertad had been foreshadowed to go into closure in 2020 due to a lack of feed. All of which positions Calibre with an incredible opportunity to continue unlocking shareholder value, given our ability to self-fund exploration and growth 
from operating cash flow, supported by a clean balance sheet with $73 million in cash and no debt. Building off our success at Pavon Norte, which I will discuss in more detail shortly, we will continue to advance our high-grade Eastern Barossi project, which is located within trucking distance of the Libertad Mill. During the quarter, our exploration results <coughs> excuse me, resulted in the expansion of multiple new gold zones. We were granted new mineral concessions and made noteworthy progress on our World Gold Council Responsible Gold Mining Principles by completing our Year 1 self-assessment and having our external assurance review completed with no material findings. Moving to slide 4. Strong cash flow from operations has allowed us to build cash quarter over quarter after reinvesting in the business. We ended the quarter with $73 million in cash, leaving us in a robust financial position with working capital of over $84 million. Turning to slide five, a key to our success has been our ability to efficiently add low capital, high margin production by de-bottlenecking Limon and advancing satellite deposits like Pavon through implementation of our hub-and-spoke operating strategy. Within 22 months, we went from submitting the permit applications for Pavon Norte to hauling 1,000 tonnes per day to the Libertad Mill. Pavon is a model we can continue to replicate and I look forward to executing a similar path to production at our high-grade Eastern Barossi project. When considering the underexplored potential across the country, our demonstrated ability to execute and having 1 million tonnes of surplus capacity at the Libertad Mill we have a unique value creation opportunity to grow production and therein cash flow. Turning to slide six. Our initial focus at Eastern Barossi has been to progress the Guapanal, Vancouver and Riscos de Oro deposits, which contain an inferred resource of 515,000 ounces of gold, averaging eight grams gold and 69 grams silver. Since February, the team has made tremendous progress in advancing Eastern Barossi closer to production by acquiring surface rights, completing infill geotechnical and metallurgical drilling in support of the PFS, which is progressing on schedule. We anticipate finalising the permittable packages for Wapanal, Vancouver and the Riscos de Oro Underground later this quarter, all of which positions us well to commence permitting in early 2022 and will likely allow a construction decision in the first half of 2023. Drilling at our Atravasada deposit continues to return high-grade intercepts over mineable widths. We believe there is good potential to delineate additional resources that will contribute towards the development of new reserves as underground development continues. Pavon Central permitting will commence in 2022, with development anticipated by mid-2023, aligning with our PFS study announced earlier this year. I'm excited about our multi-rig drill program at Pavon, where we are testing the potential of the underexplored 1.5 kilometre structure between the open pit and the Pavon South deposit. Turning to slide seven. During the quarter, we had 16 drill rigs operating across our assets. With technical drilling to support the PFS at Eastern Barossi materially complete, we have turned our focus to resource expansion drilling along the Guapanol trend. Exploration and resource drilling focuses on Pavon Central, Pantheon, Atravasada, and Tigra deposits at Limon, and the emerging Cosmoteo and Amalia targets at and around Libertad. We continue to discover and develop new ore bodies through a commitment to exploration 
and currently anticipate completing approximately 100,000 metres of combined exploration and resource development drilling by year-end. We remain committed to unlock the growth and discovery opportunities we see across our portfolio of mines and exploration properties. Turning to slide eight. Our vision of being a growth-orientated, multi-jurisdictional, Americas-focused mid-tier producer continues to advance with our recent agreement to acquire Fiori Gold, resulting in a compelling value opportunity for shareholders of both companies. The combination with Fiori provides the next logical step to a robust and jurisdictionally diversified producer with three established operations and a clear pathway to growth. We anticipate delivering on the high end of our production guidance, approximately 180,000 ounces of gold this year. With the acquisition of Fiori, we will initially add reliable production with strong exploration potential from the Pan Mine in Nevada. We will continue to advance the high-grade Eastern Brosi and Pavon Central assets, which are expected to add low-cost production growth. Upon closing the Fiore acquisition, we will continue progressing the Gold Rock project, which has the potential to double Nevada production to 100,000 ounces per year. With a strong balance sheet, a pro forma cash balance of $96 million, no debt, and continued free cash flow generation, we'll be able to self-fund our growth strategy through the Americas, putting us in a great position for near-term organic growth. As demonstrated with our Nicaraguan assets, we'll continue to focus on operating responsibly, delivering on our commitments, and executing on our growth plans, all part of how we will protect and generate shareholder value. I look forward to building on what we have achieved and would like to thank all shareholders for their continued support. With that, we're happy to take questions, and I'll pass it back to you, Operator. Thank you. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Once again, that's star one to come into the question queue. Okay, our first question will come from the line of Farouk Hamed with Raymond James. Oh, hi there, everyone. Uh, good morning. Uh, or uh, good evening, Darren. Um, my question really is related to the um, upcoming election in Nicaragua, which, um, you know, from news reports seems to be fairly, uh, you know, fait accompli and, and, and somewhat one-sided. Um, and the concerns are that uh, there are uh, international governments, the U.S. included, that are, uh, you know, considering ramping up uh, sanctions on the Ortega government um, post the election. Um, so the question is, um, what are you hearing on the ground in terms of concerns around any types of protests leading up to the election or post the election, how that might impact your trucking operation uh, given you're moving or around the country? And, and then further, you know, on potential um, increase in sanctions, um, how that might impact your business relationships in country. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Farouk. Um, I'll, I'll uh, take the question and then uh, maybe ask Patrice to layer on any pieces of my miss. But, you know, I, we're not in a position to comment too much on the electrical pro, electoral process. You know, however, you know, we continue to see strong engagement as evidenced by newly approved mineral concessions, um, which were like approved input tailings, exploration permits. You know, we see the government continue 
to do its business as it always has done. Inside the country, we're not seeing any material impact as a consequence of the lead-up into the elections. Uh, we're not seeing business inter interruptions. The government continues to function as normal. The communities um, continue to get about their daily lives. So, so the impacts associated with the election are de minimis at best, and we're not anticipating um, any significant issues over the weekend. And um, you know, life life goes on. In terms of sanctions, you know, there could be additional sanctions placed, but as there has been over the last two years that we've been operating there, actually longer, with B2 Golden as an exploration company as Calibre. And uh, we adjust when those sanctions are placed. If we found that it puts us in a situation where we're dealing with someone who is, or an entity, which is uh, sanctioned by the US government, then we make the, we make the change and uh, progress forth. And we saw it. Uh, just after taking control of the assets of the sanctions against a, uh, a distributing company that distributed fuel in country. And so we went out there, rebid, went through that process and uh, you know, without production interruption. So, no, I, I don't anticipate you know, significant impact as a consequence of the election process or what comes subsequent. Um, Patrice, is there anything you'd like to layer on that? Thanks, Darren, and thanks, Farouk, for the for the question. Yes, I fully agree with uh, what Darren just said. Uh, we are all aware aware of the international media coverage on Nicaragua. However, uh, from the field, the things look quite uh, quite different. Uh, we continue engaging with the with the national government, with the local local authorities, with our host communities, and as you as you probably remember. Uh, most of our our local workers come from the local communities. So what we perceive, what we see, is that communities are are calm. The the situation is uh, is as as close as normal as it is possible. And and in that sense, uh, uh, the things continue as as business as usual for us. We d definitely do not see any any interruptions to our operations. And and we have to bear in mind that caliber is a critical contributor to to local and national economy and and its interruption of our operations would definitely not be a benefit of of anybody that that's really helpful color yeah. uh thank you both for, for that answer um maybe just another question but this is more switching to the operations in your release from yesterday evening you pointed out that uh the mill feed to Libertad, uh, you know, the, the mix is going to, you know, kind of be increasing, uh, you know, ore feed from Pavan Norte and from the underground sources uh, and therefore result in, you know, a higher grade mix in the fourth quarter as you rely less on spent ore. Um, is that, um, in, in your opinion, is that something that you see continuing beyond the fourth quarter? I, I would expect the Pavon, you know, ramp up is has gone well, so I'd expect you to continue that level of of uh, trucking from Pavon and, and maybe expand it. So, so the question is, will will it continue past Q4, and is there scope to increase the Pavon um, or above a thousand tons per day? Uh, you've already, which you've already achieved in September. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for. I think there's a couple of questions in there, and maybe I'll start with a haulage one. Um, you know, year to date, we've moved uh, just over 500,000 tonnes between Le Mans and to Libertad and Pavon to Libertad. And, you know, we've done it, you know, again, uh, sustainably and had a nice ramp up there at, at 
Pavon, and as we as we discussed earlier, that uh, you know, we hit a thousand ton a day in September, which is three months earlier than what we anticipated to do with our 2021 target. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good place for us to settle things down right now at Pavon in the short term. I think for the balance of the year, we'll try and uh, just maintain that sustainable feed and make sure that you know we're not putting too much stress on our on our uh, uh, service providers. And then we'll look at opportunities to be able to maybe ratchet that up in 2022 and going forth. And obviously, you know, we, we want to we want to make sure that we've got a sustainable business and we've got the appropriate levels of control in place as we look at 2023 and adding Eastern Barossi into that mix as well. So, you know, again, it's a it's a thoughtful, considered approach to making sure that we create a sustainable business in that poor haulage part of our uh, operations. So. Uh, that piece, I think, are covered. And sorry, I've, I've actually I missed the first part of your question, though, Farouk. The first part, Darren, was just related to, you know, so the, the mill feed to leave right. pad is going to go towards a higher grade. Is that sustainable kind of beyond? Right. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. I mean, if you look at the year-to-date grades, it's about 3.3 grams per tonne. The average reserve grade is, uh, what, 4.49, I think, from memory. So, you know, we're currently at about a gram less than our reserve grade. So, you know, as we cycle through different parts of the deposits over the next, uh, over the next you know, months and years, you know, we will see that average grades trend to closer to the reserve grade if we mind what we say. If we actually add more material in, there may be some dilutant to grade, but obviously it'll come with incremental metal as well. So you'll get the, you know, the tons at the reserve grade plus some additional. So, no, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're actually seeing, a, on average, a lower grade feed in 2021 than maybe what we could say anticipate in 2023, for example. So, um, but, you know, as we look forth, you know, we would anticipate that our life of mine grades, if we were to just mine what was in reserve, would be pretty close to uh, the reserve grades. We're confident in those models. That's great, Taryn. Thanks for that. Um, I bet that those were all the questions for me. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, Farouk. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question will come from the line of Justin Stevens with PI Financial. Hey, guys. Um, Farouk had a couple of the ones I was going to ask, uh, which is good to get those out of the way. Um, just uh, uh, on Vasada, can you refresh my memory? Is that permitted, or is there anything else that you'll need to do on the permitting side before that comes in? Uh, no, Justin, no. Uh, it, it is permitted. Uh, Development from Betanueva commenced in Q2, and we would anticipate first or late next year or early in 2023. So, no, that's, uh, that's fully permitted, and there are no additional uh, permissions required to produce from that deposit. Great. Yeah, because that'll be a nice sweetener, I'm sure, um, based on the grade there. Um, the only other thing I was going to ask was, uh, as far I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of drilling. Um, are you guys seeing any particular delays in terms of getting samples turned around? Uh, you know, or like, are you are you sending to external labs? Or are you doing that work um, at your local assay labs? And maybe I'll let Mark uh, provide a little additional color on that as well. But in in short, um, the, the the information that we required for our end of year updates, we did a cutoff on drilling at the end of Q3 to make sure that we had the information back. And I think that in general, you're probably seeing a little bit of tension through the labs as, uh, 
as the North American field seasons come to a close and there's a scurry of activity uh, through that space. But there's nothing that uh, is impacting our ability to be able to continue with the programs because, you know, we have a, you know, we have a, a number of rigs, but they're not all in one location, right? They're, they're spread quite broad. So it's not like we have to wait for that information to come back before making the next decision. So, no, we don't see it as impacting. But, yeah, there has been a bit of a slow a slowing down in that cycle time. Um, and all of our disseminations are actually done by BV in, uh, in Vancouver. Mark, is there anything you'd layer in there, bud? Um, no, Darren, I think you've covered it quite well. Um, yeah, you know, it's this time of year the labs are, are always uh, – Fully, uh, fully occupied. Uh, so, a little bit of a I'd call it a temporary seasonal uh, slowdown. Um, but really, what that what that really translates to is not a significant uh, ex uh, longer longer time uh, for total turnaround. Um, and as well um, as Darren pointed out, all of the drilling that uh, we needed to get done uh, for year end uh, resource and reserve updates. Is, is pretty much in the box, and uh, we have all the results are in the hands. Uh, block models are being updated, so on and so forth. So, so no delays there. Um, the only thing it uh, uh, the only thing it really uh, might affect is just the timing for some of our new um, earlier stage uh, uh, generator exploration drilling. But uh, still, I think this will all be cleared out within the next uh, within the next few weeks, certainly before the end of the year. Got it. Makes sense. Well, it's good to hear. Um, I guess the only other thing would be then is um, on the Rio Tinto um, JV, uh, or any uh, sort of rough timeline for when we could expect uh, those first pass results? Um, address them? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take that. Um, Rio, our, our our partners um, are currently uh, like like most. Uh, most companies this time of the year, they, they are reviewing all of the results in the context of uh, what do they want to shape out for, for their program for 2022. Um, I can't speak directly for them, but I, I can say, you know, we are all, uh, you know, I think both partners are encouraged um, by what we've seen uh, with the uh, first pass reconnaissance drill program that was directed uh, at, at really five different uh, large porphyry scale targets uh, out out there in the Atlantic region. Uh, we got about 5,000 meters uh, done um, before we, uh, we we wrapped it up in in September. Um, in in terms of uh, when we would release uh, drill results, I think I'd need to get back to you on that. Uh, that would be also subject to some conversations with Rio. Um, but uh, overall, as a general comment, you know I think. You know, everybody feels like, yeah, we are we, we are in the right place to be hunting for elephants like they are. Got it. No, that sounds good. Um, that's it for me. Thanks, guys. Once again, Appreciate it, Justin. Thank you. Once again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Our next question is going to come from the line of Eric Windmill with Scotiabank. Hi. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Um, just a quick question on Gold Rock. I know uh, maybe it's a bit premature because obviously the deal hasn't closed, but just wondering if you can comment on uh, you know the feasibility study underway, any opportunities for optimization there. I know it was looking to use a VAT leach, and you know possible synergies with PAN, which uh, I know you kind of touched on a little bit. But uh, what you're seeing there would be really helpful. Thanks. 
Yeah, hi, Eric. And uh, yeah, it's a little early for us to make uh, you know, conclusive comments in around Goldrock, but you know, suffice to say we are very encouraged about what we see and the work that uh, Fiori, you know, Sim and Ross and the team have been executing there has been uh, first class as they de-risk the project and get a better level of understanding in and around the, the, uh, the, the technical components of that work. Um, and, you know, I think that it's safe to say, and Tim has said it, that uh, you know, the metallurgical results are coming back uh, probably even a little more favourable than what they had anticipated. So there's nothing that's presenting as an issue uh, from, from Goldrock. And, of course, you know, one of the opportunities that we see in that is, is that you know, Goldrock and Pan are surrounded by 222 kilometres of very prospective and underexplored terrain. And I think that, you know, us coming in and maybe taking the pressure off the need to have to have gold rock done by a certain period to have continuity with PAN as a single asset producer, um, you know, will allow us to, you know, to better understand that full exploration potential in and around uh, gold rock and allow us to be able to look at scope and scale. And, you, know, you raise the, the spectrum of that leach. And I think that, uh, you know, the work that um, uh, Fury did to be federally permit that, to have that flexibility was a very clever move. Um, but as we progress forward, you know, I'd anticipate that that probably won't be part of the solution. I think it'll look, you know, very similar in nature to a, a pan type of development, just obviously a little different scope and scale. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's shaping up very nicely. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to uh, getting our teeth into that uh, earlier in the year and uh, and progressing that opportunity forward. Okay, great. Uh, no, that's really helpful. Appreciate it. So, yeah, congrats on the quarter, and I'll hop back in the queue. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. And at this time, I see no other questions in the queue. I'd like to turn the call back over to management for closing comments. Well, thanks, everyone, for your participation and questions this morning. And as always, Ryan, Bai, and the full leadership team are available if you have any other further any further questions or, or queries. You know, you know how to get hold of us. And uh, we'd like to wish you all the very best. Take care and uh, stay safe. Have a great day. Uh, back to you, operator. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank you for participating on today's Caliber Mining Corporation 2021 third quarter financial earnings conference call. You may now disconnect. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.